book of Acts chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 1. The Bible said, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive, hallelujah, after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of them the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Hallelujah. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? When are you coming back? <laughs> Lord, uh, when's this all going to take place? When's the rapture going to happen? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put into his own power. Stop watching the clock. <laughs> but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's what you should be asking me about. That's what you should be concerned about. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're preaching simply tonight on this subject, the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The baptism in the Holy Ghost. Are you ready? Praise God. I said, are you ready for this? If the Bible says it, will you believe it tonight? How many of you believe it? Wave your hand at me. All right. Praise God. Let's pray right now and ask the Lord to help us, will you? John the Baptist said it this way. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Come on. You don't look for the good part. Like one man said, it's all good. Some of you move around, do everything else. You missed the whole first part of the sermon. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's not time to relax. It's time to tune in. Too much static on the AM. Praise the Lord. You got to tune in on the right station if you want to get something from God tonight. Do you believe that? Praise God. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Whose fan is in his hand. And he shall thoroughly purge his floor and gather the wheat into the garner. But he shall burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I told you one night here, you choose your fire. You can either get the fire of the Holy Ghost, or you can experience the fire of hell for eternity. But that's the only choice you got, according to what John said. Praise the Lord. Isn't that right? Glory to God. Amen. i like to begin with this statement. The baptism in the Holy Ghost 
The evidence of speaking in other tongues is not an option. No more than obedience to God is an option. It's not optional to obey God. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what Jesus said, didn't he? Hallelujah. I remember one fellow, I, I began with this message just like this. And I said the Holy Ghost was not an option. And he was a man of a certain denomination. They believed in the Holy Ghost, but they believed it was optional. <laughs> but God started speaking to him and showing him that the Holy Ghost was something more than a lot of people were preaching. Amen. And he didn't like to say it was essential. That just kind of rocked his boat. He, it really upset him to say it was essential. So he said, God, <laughs> I don't like this word essential. <laughs> Lord, give me another word. That sounds like a lot of people. To <laughs> but I guess God obliged them because we're all like children, I guess. God spoke to him and, and said, okay, say the Holy Ghost is not an option. He said, I like that better. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then I began the message this way. That the Holy Ghost was not an option and he knew he was in for a ride that night. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I want to tell you, it is not optional. Had an evangelical man. I don't mind dropping the name. He's a nice guy and all. And he had done quite a bit of work there in New York. And he came to my sister's house and I talked to him. He said, you know, we're not like you Pentecostals said, we, we feel like the Holy Ghost is dessert. If you want to have it, you can have it. And if you don't want to have it, you don't have to have it. But I'm telling you tonight that the Holy Ghost is not dessert. It's the main course. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, friend, it's the steak on the table. It's the London broil. Hallelujah. It's the main course. It's not the salad. It's not the dessert. It's not just a little bit of water on the table. It's not the bread and butter. It's the main course. Glory. Anybody believe it tonight? Praise God. I tell you, it's always been the main objective of God Almighty to have a people that were filled with his spirit and walking in his ways. He couldn't accomplish it to the New Testament, but it has always been his plan. It has always been his purpose to have that kind of people. And the day of Pentecost was the way God designed to fulfill this purpose in the life of anyone that wanted it. I tell you tonight that 500 seen him. 500 was showed by many infallible proofs uh, that he was resurrected but 380 never showed up for the day of pentecost only 120 came hey maybe you'll be a part of the 120 or maybe you'll be a part uh, of the 380 but honey i want to make sure i'm where peter and, and james and john and mary and all those that received the holy ghost were on that day hallelujah and it hasn't ended. Man, when this thing first started in the United States, they thought it was a fad. Say, hey, it'll blow over. And it blew over, all right? It blew over the whole world. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, man, I, I've got to move because I, I just lose my composure when I preach about this. Hallelujah. The term Pentecostal simply means somebody 
that has identified themselves with that wonderful day of Pentecost. It's not a denomination. You don't have a corner on it. God will give it to whosoever will. That's right. We have the stocks thing. We're the only one that's got it sometimes. But God will give it to anybody that asks him. Hallelujah. Because why? Because he wants to lead them into the truth. That's why. And they'll never get there without the spirit of truth. Praise God. That's right. It was only at Pentecost. Listen to this. By the gift of the spirit. That the benefits and blessings won by Jesus in his death. His burial. His resurrection. His ascension. Were applied to the disciples. That's how important the day of Pentecost is. I'm telling you, friend, it's good. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. But how would we know that Jesus' sacrifice was accepted except the power was poured out on the day of Pentecost? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, what is this term, the baptism in the Holy Ghost? What does that mean? Well, there's two terms I want to look at and explain to you tonight. But the baptism in the Holy Ghost means to be submerged and immersed and become fully wet with the Spirit. Everybody in the pool, that's right. You get totally wet. Hallelujah, that's the way you do it in baptism in water, right? Same term. That's right. Hallelujah. All the way down. You got to have all of it. And then we couple this term because the Bible uses this often. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul said, be not filled with wine wherein is excess. But be filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? Amen. There's other times it's used in the Bible, especially in the book of Acts. The Bible said in Acts 2 and 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost and said, ye men of Israel and ye rulers of Judea, isn't that right? When the church prayed in Acts 4 and 31 and came together, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and boldness, isn't that right? Amen. Acts 2 wasn't enough. They had to have some more in Acts 4. Some of you, Acts 2 is just enough for you. That's God, I hadn't spoken in tongues in 20 years. My God help you. Huh? That's right. Hallelujah. I don't understand that. Come on. Praise God. But you need it tonight. I hope everybody will pray through tonight. I feel like that's what we need tonight. We need to pray through and talk in tongues. Let me ask you, when's the last time you talked in tongues? When's the last time the unutterable gushings of your soul came because you were at an altar and prayed through? Come on. Oh, that's right. I'm telling you, you need it. You need a renewing of the Holy Ghost tonight. You need to be filled. How many times will they give me? Over and over and over and over and over and over again. My God. That's right. 
Boy, I really made one pastor mad over in Georgia. I preached this. I didn't realize he had run into Vaughn Morton too. He didn't like him either. Hallelujah. He really didn't like me either after we got done. Uh, first message God gave me. said, go ahead and preach Brother Morton's message. And that's what I did. Bless God. I said, it was good enough for him. It's good enough for me. And I believe it. Hallelujah. I said, that's right. Amen. I believe you should pray every day. The Bible said, give us this day our daily bread. How in the world can you say, give us this day our daily bread if you don't pray every day? And the Bible said to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. What do you think you're doing when you're talking in tongues? You're speaking to God. The Bible said, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to himself and speaks to God. Come on. That's right. A true ambassador has got the language of the country that sent him and the country that he's in. You hear me? That's right. And we're ambassadors of Christ. We got the language of the city of heaven that sent us to this earth to preach this. That's right. Hallelujah. And we got to communicate to people in this world what this gospel is. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. That's right. Oh, glory. Man, I got to move here. Baptism and then filled with the Holy Ghost is a different but related term, which means to supply, furnish, to complete, to satiate. That word means to fill or gratify completely. To weary with an overabundance. That means drunk as a skunk. Come on. So drunk. That's when you're wearied with an overabundance. My God, that's what some of you need tonight. You need to get a substance in your bloodstream that'll cause you to do things you'd never do before. Lord, are you with me tonight? Come on, the dead praise not the Lord, man. You better worship him if you want it. Well, I'm telling you, we can have it tonight. We can see Holy Ghost. I believe God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. If it don't happen tonight, it'll happen tomorrow night. If it don't happen after that, bless God, I believe something is going to happen in this revival. Praise God. I felt it when I put that commercial on the radio. And I still feel it tonight. I feel like God wants to do something. Don't expect them to speak in tongues if you hadn't done it in 40 years, 100 years. Yeah, that's right. God, give us. One lady said she ran and she shouted and she ran and she danced and she said, I said, God, if you don't stop it, you're going to kill me. She is wearied with an overabundance. Come on. Oh, I like that. It literally means possession of the mind. Hey, the devil wants your mind. Why don't you let the Holy Ghost have your mind? That's right. That's what happens when you get filled. Now, how can I describe this to you better? So some of you will really catch it. An infilling can be de described as, say this was an empty vessel, an empty glass. And we had a big bowl of water up here. And we were to take that empty glass and we were to push it down into the water. And we would push it till, say, it reached right around the rim. Man, that thing's been baptized. Come on. It's fully wet all the way up to the rim. 
Huh? That's nice. Sure, that feels good. But you know what we need to do? You know what happens if you push that glass just a little further down? Hallelujah. It becomes filled. You get it? He shall be with you, but he shall be in you. You get it? It's not just good enough for me to have my arm around Jesus. I want him living in the temple. I want him on the inside. That's what you need tonight. He's been with you. He's made you feel real good. Oh, Jesus, you've been with me. But has he been in you? Oh, we're doing good. Anybody understand what I'm saying tonight? Praise God. Am I making it plain enough? I hope so. Who is the Holy Ghost anyway? This is a good one. I'm glad you asked that. Praise God. God is holy in 1 Peter 1 and 16. Isn't that right? Because it's written, be holy for I am holy. God is a spirit in John 4 and 24. That's what the Bible said. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Ephesians 4 and 4 said, there is one spirit of God. God is holy. God is a spirit. So you get the word holy spirit. You understand? Praise God. Then there's one spirit of God in Ephesians 4 and 4. Amen. So there's only one spirit. It's not ten spirits. It's not a hundred spirits. It's just one spirit of God. Amen. And the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 3 and 7 with 17 rather, we went over this one time. Now the Lord is that spirit spirit who's the spirit of the lord is that spirit this one spirit of god he's called holy spirit well who's lord i'm glad you asked that acts 2 36 says this same jesus whom you have crucified god hath made both the lord and christ don't go around singing since jesus came into my heart till you got the holy ghost he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Who's the comforter? John 14 and 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. It's only one God, honey. I said, there's only one God. There's only one Lord. Amen. And his name is Jesus Christ. Thank God he came on the day of Pentecost and filled all the 120, that 3,000, that 5,000, and bless God, he's still doing it today. My God, I'm excited about this. I'm ready to run. How about you? My Lord, some of you need it. You need a Holy Ghost rub down. You need a Holy Ghost herky jerky. You need something to get a hold of you tonight. That's right. Well, we hit on a little bit. Let's dig in. Where's the locality of the Spirit? Boy, I love this scripture. Ezekiel 36, starting verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you. It's the prophecy what's going to happen in that future time, remember? And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And I like that. Because I can't do it on my own. I've got to have help. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And ye shall be my people and I will be your God. How can you say you're his people and he's your God without his spirit? 
Romans 8 and 9, remember what it says? But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Those are not three different three different terms those are three related terms just describing the one there's only one spirit hallelujah spirit spirit of god spirit of christ hallelujah i'm glad it's got many titles but only one name hallelujah and you need the holy ghost that's what you need tonight praise god that's right amen in the old testament i could give you many scriptures where it said the holy ghost came upon them my god when it did they were able to do some things prophesy Pick up a trumpet and blow it. Like, that's what the Bible says Gideon did. In fact, the one scripture it says where the, the Holy Ghost came upon Gideon, it literally meant he clothed himself with Gideon. A Holy Ghost hug. Praise God. Oh, I like that. You know when the Bible said the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard the word? That word it fell in the Greek is embrace. He embraced them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost to give you a hug and that mama could never fulfill your, your desire and your love. That's your wife. Not, not, not anybody in your family. Oh the Holy Ghost to give you a hug tonight. When he does look out. Hallelujah. Praise God, it was some of you throw you in a half Nelson. Praise God. Glory. You move around so much, you're doing a church hop all the time. Like that song, don't you be doing that church hop. Once you get started, you just can't stop. Some for the money, some for the show. Teach about commitment and they go, go, go. God needs to pin some of you in the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the New Testament. Amen. Amen. We quoted those scriptures. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 16, it said, Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Praise God. I had a friend named Michelle down at a high school. I remember this. I might have told you this before. I sure like it. This girl... She, she was one of those evangelical kind. They didn't believe you had to have the Holy Ghost still waiting on dessert, you know, and all that. But uh, we talked about the Holy Ghost and really rattled her cage. And she said, God, she went home one day and got down by her kitchen table. Mom and Dad were gone to work. She come home for lunch and said, God, if this is for me, if what these Mike and Steve have been telling me is for me, I want it. I want you to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And God visited her right there in that kitchen, and she began to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. As the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. Praise God. Right there in the kitchen. Her pastor probably just told her last Sunday it wasn't for her. <laughs> Too late. Praise God. I remember one man stood up in Baptist Cemetery. I mean seminary. We always do that, don't we? Praise God. Amen. But he was learning about all this. Probably learned that day how the Holy Ghost not for today. But boy, the Lord had done something for him and he actually got excited. They had testimony service. Boy, he got up in chapel with all them D-D-double-L-D driving L-T-D behind their name sitting there in that service. Man, they got more degrees than a thermometer. Praise God. That's right. Amen. What they needed was their BWJ, though. Been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
But he was sitting there testifying and getting with it and just telling what the Lord had done for him. And you know what happened? That poor pitiful fella. God filled him with the Holy Ghost while he was testifying. He got so excited he started blurting out, speaking in tongues right there in front of that group of men. And man, they didn't like it. They threw him out of the school after that. But thank God he got something that the world didn't give him and the world can't take away. Glory to God. Glory to God. He'll do it for you tonight. I said he'll do it for you tonight. I'm talking to everybody. I'm not just talking to some visitor who wandered off the street. I'm talking to the church. You need the Holy Ghost tonight. You need to be filled with the Spirit all over again. That's right. Praise God. Amen. Romans 8 and 15, there's some purposes for the Spirit. i got to move on quickly here. Number one is adoption. You're not adopted without the Spirit. Romans 8 and 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit, you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, glory. Oh, I really like that. See, when a baby comes, it's going to cry something. Praise God. That's right. Amen. Abba. Father. In fact, Galatians 4, 5, and 6 says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, he has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Now, don't get worried because of that word because there. The word because in the Greek language is hotai, which is a declarative. To declare that you're the sons of God, God gave you the Holy Ghost. That's the only way anybody will ever know you're a son of God is because of the Holy Ghost. You, you got to have the spirit of the son of God. That's right. Living on the inside of you. That's right. Praise God. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Those two words there, and I might have stated this to you, are two related words. Abba and Ba. Abba and Ba. And they both mean the same thing. They just kind of put together. Abba means father and ba means father and you put them together it was an aramaic cry of a baby where you would they would say dada 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 hallelujah praise god oh i like that i like that when the baby and how do they learn that well you know the same way i, I taught daniel that's right I, i'm his daddy praise god Amen. And I said, say daddy. Say dada. Say dada. Say dada. And hallelujah, he started saying it. Praise God. I got him to say it before mama. Praise the Lord. Dada. 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 See, the father taught him how to say it. Praise the Lord. Just like the father teach you how to speak in tongues. Praise God. Nobody on earth can do it, but daddy can. Praise God. That's right. And that's how we know you got it. Praise the Lord. I've told you one time, if, if that baby should happen to come into the world and should not make a noise, the doctor would take it by the heels and smack it on a proper part of the anatomy till it gets some noise in that baby. And that baby will cry and he'll present him to the nurse and say that everything's okay with this baby. I wish the Lord would take some of us by the heels and smack us on a proper part of the anatomy until we get some noise back in the church. 
Some of you need to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. And whatever language it is, you'll be saying, Daddy, 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 I need you, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. I need you, Daddy. Oh, that's beautiful to me. Praise God. You know, we, we spoke of that scripture, and I will not leave you comfortless. We learned about it the other night. But I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Is I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you without a daddy. But I will come to you. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So you're not adopted without the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That's right. Amen. That's what it'll adopt you. It'll put you in. Pray. Don't say, well, that's strange. I heard it was an option. All the time. I'm telling you, friend, this people used to preach this for years, but they wanted to fill up their church with so much money and get the tithing up. They don't want to preach the truth no more. Let you live any way you want to live. Shake your hand and let you go to hell. Not this preacher. I love you too much. And I know the Holy Ghost isn't something terrible. It's not hard to receive. You can have it in a moment. It's the Spirit of Grace. You need it for assurance, adoption, and assurance. Romans 8 and 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 1 John 3 and 24, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. 1 John 4 and 13, hereby we know that we dwell in him, and he in us because he hath given us of his Spirit. That's why they came up with the doctrine of unconditional eternal security. Because they had no assurance. Because they had denied the Holy Ghost and said it wasn't for the day. So they had to dig up some doctrine that had nothing to do with the Bible. That's right. John Calvin formulated that doctrine hundreds of years ago. And my God, why would you even listen to a man that had another man murdered? Everybody, oh, he's a reformer. Yeah, a real reformer. Come on! They killed Michael Savitas, a Spanish doctor, because uh, that man believed that Jesus Christ was the eternal God. And he wanted to follow along with Romanism. Not me, honey. I'm sold out to Jesus tonight. I believe he's God. Hallelujah. He's the eternal God. Romans 9 and 5 says it. Praise God. He's the one true God. Amen. I'm giving you scripture here tonight. Praise God. You got, that's what brings your assurance is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. He'll bear witness to your spirit. You're saved. You're walking with me. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Hallelujah. And the next is academics. In Luke 12 and 12, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. John 14 and 26 says that the Holy Ghost will be sent in his name and he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have commanded you. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 13, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but words which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. That's the only way you do it, is by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Holy Ghost will teach you some things. Praise God. That's right. It'll teach you how to walk for God. It'll teach you how to live for God. It'll teach you how to talk for God. It'll bring back to remembrance all things the Lord has commanded you. Now, that's right. Now, you got to get into that book. 
That's right. You got to study it. The Bible said, study yourself to show that you're approved before God. That's true. Study to show thyself approved. In the Greek language, it says it this way. Study to show that you're already approved. If you're not studying, it's because you're not approved. You think coming to church and Sunday school's enough? It's not enough. You need to get it home and open that book and say, God, show me what your word is. Make it a part of my life. That's right. Church is not enough. You got to have a relationship with God. I get, I, I, a lot of people get upset with that terminology. I wish we'd bring it back. A personal relationship with God. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. You need a personal relationship with God. That's right. Glory to God. And it's personal. Praise God. Well, we're doing good tonight. Are you still here? Wave your hand at me. Somebody say hallelujah. Qualifications for receiving the Holy Ghost. You want to know? Praise God. I'm going to break it down. Now, this all entails repentance and everything else. But there's some specific things to receiving the Holy Ghost. Number one is you got to ask. Well, that's basic. <laughs> you have not because you ask not. Come on. Luke 11 and 13. In fact, that whole chapter is interesting. He spoke to them and he said, listen. He said, if you ask your father on earth for a piece of bread, will he give you a stone? If you ask him for a fish, will he give you a serpent? Huh? He said, no. He said, if your fathers, being evil, would give good, good gifts unto their children, how much more will the heavenly father give gifts or give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? said oh some people get to the altar listen to me now you're going to want to hear this they get to the altar said oh am I going to get the devil I'm praying up here will the spirit come in let me tell you right now they said oh that's talking in tongues is of the devil they said I said well if it's of the devil it's the only thing the devil ever gave that made you pray and read your bible more and you know we don't want you doing that come on that's a mad dog argument because they don't want to repent and get the Holy Ghost. They're living in sin. Otherwise, I've got to give them the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Tell me how religious you are. Where's the Holy Ghost? Come on. Well, we're doing good. Let's move on to the next one. Everybody say ask first. Believe is the next one. Everybody say believe. John 7 said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. That's been said a lot of ways. You believe on him as the scripture has said. A lot of people say, hey, I'm a believer now. I believe in Jesus. Huh? Some of them don't believe at all. They don't believe on him as the scripture has said. <laughs> That's right. I like that. Praise God. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Praise God. Now watch this. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Mm. Hallelujah. You mean they that believe should receive the Holy Ghost? 
Uh-oh. Remember, it came to those certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much heard as whether there be any Holy Ghost. Uh, he said, uh, To what then were you baptized? Oh, what a question is that? Who do you think you are, preacher? Is that what they said? Put legalism on me? <laughs> what then were you baptized? Well, John's baptism. Oh, he said, well, that's nice. You know, John verily baptized with the baptism of, of water or repentance to say and said unto them that they should believe on him that should come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And when they heard this, they argued with him and said, no way, I'm not going to do that. That'll make me one of them apostolics. That'll put me on the wrong side of tracks for them Pentecostals. Oh, the, my preacher won't like that one. Huh? Huh? When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Read it. Hey, I didn't write it. I'm just quoting it. And the Bible said when they got baptized in Jesus' name, my, my, wouldn't you know that they received the Holy Ghost and speak with tongues. How about that? And you know, in the New International Version, even the Revised Version, God help us, but the New International Version does say, it's, I like the way it says it. So did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? Everybody said, I believed over here, and then I get the Holy Ghost over here. Oh, wait a minute. The Bible says, they that believe in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Come on, I'm just, I'm just cutting away all the shrubbery here. We're getting down to brass tacks. Hallelujah. We're getting rid of the sugar coating and putting it on. I'm glad to know it tonight. I'm glad the Holy Ghost is being given away by God to them that will ask and believe. The next thing you need is you've got to be spiritually hungry and thirsty. That's right. Everybody say hungry and thirsty. Isaiah 44 and 3 said, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Do you notice God will meet you at your dryness? Man, I, that was a revelation to me. But I will pour water upon him that's thirsty. I'll give you some water. I'll pour it on you. But if you're dry ground, I'll flood you. God, I'm so dry. I've got to have something. Hakaya Mahanda. I have got to. I'm telling you, some of you are not thirsty enough. You're not dry enough. You haven't squeezed the world out enough of your life. But I want to get dry enough that God can fill me with His Spirit. I don't want the water of this world. I don't want the broken cisterns of this world. I don't want the whiskey and the JB and the Jack Daniels to flood my soul. I want the Holy Ghost. 
my God. This is what some of you young people need here tonight. You need to get a renewing in the Holy Ghost. You need to get this first generation back to the book of Acts experience. It'll put you on your feet. It'll give you a shout of joy. It'll give you a relationship with God. My God, some of you must have Velcro on the back of your pants and your dress because you can't get off the seat. My God, come on. I know David sat before the Lord. You got that one down. You need to do something else. Get off your velvet coated doctrine that you're sitting on. Huh? And your holy hiney. And stand up and worship God. Praise God. Come on, God's not looking for an audience. He's looking for an army, honey. Jesus. Well, praise God. I got to move. Hallelujah. Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst. What's more righteous than the Holy Ghost? Come on. That's what you need. Praise the Lord. John 7 and 37. In that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Well, that had limited him from some churches. <laughs> he stood up and cried. Come on. One guy said, I, I knew Jesus was a Pentecostal because on the cross he cried with a loud voice. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Whatever. Amen. But the Bible said he stood and cried on that last on that great day of the feast. You know what was going on at that feast? Oh, I like it. They had a celebration. The Feast of Tabernacles. They had a celebration of water and light. But they would get them two pitchers. And they would walk up to the Pool of Siloam. And they had one pitcher of water and one pitcher of wine. And they'd pour both of those out. And that was a symbolism. What was going on? Glory. Glory. And I can see Jesus right when that's going on. Because that old priest had dropped that thing right out of his hand. And when he saw that being poured out, that water and that wine, hallelujah. What did he say? He cried with a loud voice. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Hallelujah. 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 Don't drink from the fountain of ritualism. Don't drink from the pitchers that they had there when the servants brought them and they didn't have enough wine. Those were the pitchers they were using to wash the feet of people. But Jesus said, fill them up and I'll change that old dirty thing into some new wine. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Praise God. That's right. Oh, I love that. Anybody feel what I'm feeling tonight? My Lord, I love you, Jesus. Next thing on this, we said ask, believe, spiritually hungry and thirsty, and then obedience. We called a little bit before. We watched all scripture. If you love me, keep my commandments. Then I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. How about that one? Praise God. Only uh, 
when you're obedient. What did he say in Acts 5 and 32? The apostle speaking said, we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. You want the Holy Ghost? Well, I haven't I received it yet. Have you obeyed him? Have you done what he told you to do? Amen. You know why some of you don't speak in tongues right now? Because you hadn't asked. You don't believe. You're not hungry and thirsty. And you're not obedient. I'm telling you, the same devil that wants to keep you from speaking in tongues is the same one that's lying to the denominational world tonight, telling them they don't have to speak in tongues. Well, I really made that preacher man when I said that. Praise God. Amen. Because his old father had been a district superintendent, hadn't spoken in tongues in 25 years. You know who it is, don't you? Good. Yeah, uh, that's good. I like making them mad. Praise God. I get tired of guys like that. We need to ship them down the road. We don't need ministers like that preaching this gospel. People need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking tongues. What's wrong with that? Why do I have to speak in tongues? Well, you're going to find out here in a minute. But I tell you, if God can get a hold of your mouth, honey, bless God, he'll change your whole life because you know that's the thing that gets you in the most trouble. When Isaiah said, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips, he said, I know what will cure that. I'll get a hot coal off the altar and burn it out. That's why you need the Holy Ghost of fire to get a hold of your old mouth. It's hard to cuss and speak in tongues. Come on, it's hard to live in sin. And be driving down the road speaking in tongues. Making a bed, speaking in tongues. Doing the dishes, speaking in tongues. Hey, what's wrong with that? That's what some of you need. If you do that, my God, you'd have victory over the devil. I'm telling you, the devil don't like this tongue-talking stuff. He don't like it. He likes you going around saying, like some of them preachers that get up there, Dearly beloved, we are gathered today at this funeral. I mean Sunday school. Come on, I got delivered from that stuff. With the Holy Ghost. Bless God if Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed it, I need it too. Mm. Praise God. Well, let me let me give you some more scripture here. I'm having fun. Praise the Lord. The, uh, the initial physical evidence. I like to say that. It's the first physical thing that will happen. Hopefully it won't be the only thing that happens. Because I'm telling you. Now, I, I, I please understand me. I believe in Holy Ghost talking in tongues. But if that's all you got is talking in tongues, you got a sad experience. You better get, if it get a hold of your, your mouth. I hope it gets a hold of everything else. Hallelujah. Isaiah 28 and 11 said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak 
to this people. That's how, how's he going to do it? Stammering lips and another tongue. Isaiah 28 and 11. You know, I said, man, well, this I know how to have an application back then. What was the application in their time? I, wanted, I want you to listen to this. You ever read in the Bible where the tongues was assigned to the unbeliever? And then later on, some prophecy was. Always bothered me. I said, well, what, what does this mean? And boy, after studying this, I come up with something that blew my mind. But you know, a stammering lip and another tongue, God was going to speak to Israel. Now, I wasn't just talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that was going to happen a thousand years after that. It was talking about something that was going on right then and was going to happen to Israel. And you know what it was? He said, you know, you know how I'm going to speak to you, Israel? I'm going to bring in another nation here that speaks Assyrian or Babylonian. And they're going to take you over. I'm going to show you I'm God through my judgment. And you're going to hear the, the other tongues going on. And this is going to be a sign to you, honey, with stammering lips and another tongue. He's going to speak to this people. Honey, he spoke to them. And they were brought into captivity. It was a sign of judgment when they heard those languages being spoken. You hear me, friend? First tongues is a sign to the unbeliever of God's judgment. That God's judgment is as real as his mercy. You hear people speaking in tongues, honey, you better look out. You have been invaded. Thank God this world has been invaded by tongue-talking people. How do they know? They hear speaking in tongues. And it's a sign to them, buddy. You better look out. The judgment of God's coming. And you know why he said, and a lot of people say this, well, I'd rather speak, you know, five words in English, you know. And, oh, well, you know why he said that? I'll tell you why. Because when you, there was a lot of those Corinthians. You know how those Corinthians were wild, you know. They were doing all kinds of stuff like they should be. He didn't say the tongues wasn't of God. He just said they need to use it the right way. And I, I one, read after one man that said the Corinthians were walking up to people and greeting the sinners that come in speaking in tongues. It's blowing those sinners' mind, you know. They said if they hear that, they think you're a, a moron. Huh? That's right. An ignoramus, you know. What's wrong? You can't even talk right? <laughs> but in one way, they mock the Holy Ghost and bring judgment to themselves. And you caused it. But it's a sign to that unbeliever. It sure is. And they wanted to give him a sign, but they didn't realize it would cause them to mock God and lose out with God. But when they prophesied, they said, surely God is among you, and they repent. You get it? Praise God. Oh, I like that. Hallelujah. You hear us talking in tongues? You better look out, honey. You better look out. God's going to judge this world. Hallelujah. And you've been invaded by another nation. A nation from heaven. Hallelujah. And we've come to take some spoil. We've come to take some people with us back to the homeland. we come to take some prisoners of war. Thank God I'm going to take somebody with me when I go to heaven. Glory to God. The Bible said, and they were all, not just the Pentecostals. There was no such thing as all these denominations. Huh? All, you, all they knew is that you followed the apostles' doctrine. Am I getting too long here for you? I hope I'm not overfeeding a baby tonight. Huh? All right. Praise God. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Literally, as the Spirit gave them to utter forth. Now please understand, you're not a marionette. God's not going to make you speak in tongues. 
He's going to give it to you. He's going to give you the mind of Christ when you pray. I believe this. Like you speak with a natural language from a natural mind. God's going to give you a spiritual mind, the mind of Christ. Because Paul said we have the mind of Christ. And with the mind of Christ you're going to speak in a spiritual language. Come on. Hey Amen. We believe in this. Praise God. Doesn't 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 said, Though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels. There's tongues of men and tongues of angels. Praise God. Amen. I remember Brother Johnson was telling us, I don't know what kind of Indian it was. I don't know if he was Apache. I think he was Apache. But what happened was, is Brother Johnson up there in Colorado Springs said one day he was preaching and this big old Indian fella come up. And uh, man, I mean, he was coming at him. He was going to, I don't know, he was going to beat Brother Johnson up or what. But when he come at him, Brother Johnson pointed his finger at him, started speaking in tongues and letting him have it. And Brother Johnson said that man just kind of backed up and he said, uh, he said, Apache too. Glory. I'm telling you, friend, this thing is powerful. The Lord rebuked that man right through the pastor. Right in his own language. Let me, let me throw something. You don't have to believe this, okay? You don't have to believe it. But I'm going I'm to tell you about it. You, you believe it or not, this is just for free. But the Bible said the tongues of angels. Right? Now listen. Demons are fallen angels. Now I might not be going to talk about what you think. Now I know there's a counterfeit to this. And I know that's what some of you think right away when I said that. I'm going to go another vein here. So they're, they're angels. And they speak with an angelic language, obviously. Huh? But now you listen to me. There's been times where I've gotten down to praying. Some of you have too. You know what I'm talking about. Man, you get to praying in tongues. Whew, all by yourself. And it's almost like you're mad. And you're just getting with it. Speaking in tongues. I wonder what in the world was that? And I heard a preacher preach this. And I said, boy, it clicked with me. And I believe it. He said, at that time that you're down praying. And you're under demonic attack. God can enable you by the Holy Ghost. To speak to those spirits in their own language. glory and if you can hear it in English and if you say get your hands off my pastor get your hands off my church get your hands off my family get your hands off my wife get your hands off my husband hallelujah hallelujah I'm telling you we can rebuke the devil right in his own language glory to God glory to God Don't mess with me, devil. I'll speak in tongues. Praise God. And I want to tell you something right here what I'm feeling. The Holy Ghost is up to you to use. Everybody waiting for God to move on? You've been waiting for a hundred years. Huh? That's not the way it happens. God gives you the gift and you've got to use it. That's right. Wonder why you don't have the victory. Pray through and talk in tongues, man. Keep the Holy Ghost fresh in your life. That's right. Receive it every day. Every day. Every day. And when you receive it, you'll talk in tongues. Praise God. That's right. Amen. I'm talking about the real stuff. Does everybody 
speak in tongues against the Holy Ghost? Nine out of nine do, praise God. Hallelujah. But they'll say, oh, Brother Gibb, I don't know that. I know we've been Grahamized, you know, Billy Graham. We've been Grahamized, you know. Well, talking in tongues is nice, you know, and, and that's good if you do it, but you don't have to. What do you mean you don't have to? Why wouldn't you want to? What, 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 what? Do I have to speak in tongues every day? You don't have to do nothing. Why wouldn't you want to? Do I have to pray? Do I have to live for God every day? What do you mean? Do I have to? Why don't you want to? That's what you need to check in your heart. My God, why don't I want to? I know I'm preaching to you tonight. Praise God. I'm talking to you tonight. I don't hate you. I love you. I want to tell you like it is. You're not going to hear this on the radio. People don't support that. They don't like that. There's one guy that comes on that urban alternative on there. He blows them out of the water. Hey, man, I don't think he's apostolic, but my God. If they sit on the radio station, they call up and get mad at him. Boy, they'd really hate us. <laughs> Praise God. We'd have all the Hutchinson mad. They'd come and burn down the building. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Maybe that's what we need. Praise the Lord. My God. The accounts of receiving the Holy Ghost are obvious. I won't go and read every bit of it. But Acts 10, 44 through 48, well, let's just read it. While Peter yet speak these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision were astonished. These Jews couldn't believe these Gentiles were talking in tongues. That's what it was. Because then on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues. How did they know they got the Holy Ghost? Oh, they got joy, brother. Give me, they danced around. They felt good and cried a little bit. They shook the preacher's hand and said, Hey, I'm, I want to be part of church. I confess Jesus. <laughs> For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Right? Then Peter answered and said, who do we think we ought to forbid these guys to be baptized? Who can, what man could forbid water that these should not be baptized as well as we who have received the Holy Ghost? He commanded them, oh, come on, don't command me now. Peter, you're just a man. Who do you think you are? Huh? You apostolic, something go around commanding us to repent, commanding us to be baptized. In Jesus' name. I told you about Apostle Johnny Washington. Got all these kind of Pentecost. Church of God Pentecost. Assembly of God Pentecost. And you got them water bugs. I always want to be baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah. Come on. What's wrong with the name of Jesus? I love that name. He's the one who saved me. He's the one who died for me. I want to do everything in his name. Come on. You pray in Jesus' name. You say grace in Jesus' name. Why did you get baptized in Jesus' name? Come on. I've already been baptized. Uh, what baptism was that? Uh, John's? <laughs> we got a better way. Remember? Oh, praise God. Acts 19, 
said, so remember we talked about this, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Man, when they got the Holy Ghost in Acts 19, they spoke in tongues. Now, you always have a doctrine. Paul said, uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And it's funny to me. If you want to see how to get saved, you don't go to Romans. You're reading somebody else's mail. You've got to go to the book of Acts first. And we see people getting saved there. When they get saved, they repent. They get baptized in Jesus' name. And they receive the Holy Ghost every time. Isn't that something? You think maybe we should do that? I speak as a man. <laughs> Hallelujah, Paul said. That's right. Don't you? There's no thinking about it. You better do what the Bible says. Oh, man, I love this stuff. I'm telling you. I could preach about it every day. Oh, I love it. I'm telling you, it works. It saved my life. Hallelujah. Come on, don't you love it? If you don't, God's going to find somebody that will, honey. That's right. How Are you full yet? Are you? Oh, man, I'm feeling good. Praise God. I'd like to quickly give you some arguments that people use against the Holy Ghost. Could you? Can you bear with me a few more minutes here? Some arguments people say, number one, they say tongues is not for today. Have you heard that one? Huh? They've said, uh, do all speak with tongues and, and all this other stuff? Come on. Huh? What, what about this? Uh, I mean, people, they say a lot of things, and, and I want to give this to you. There's some arguments against it. Number one, do all speak with tongues? I want to look at that first. 1 Corinthians 14 and 5 said, Paul said, I would that you all speak with tongues. Right? 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What do you think he's talking about? Could it be speaking in tongues? Maybe. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will sing, or will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will pray or sing with the understanding also. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 through 15. When you pray in the Spirit, your understanding is unfruitful. When you sing in the Spirit, your understanding is unfruitful. You're speaking in tongues. You don't know what you're saying, but God knows what you're saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. You always understand what that baby's saying even before it really gets, to, really gets to going. God knows what you're saying. Praise God. Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now the words there, groanings, which cannot be out. A lot of people think praying in the Holy Ghost is, oh, oh. But in the literal language there, in the original, it says that when you pray, that it is a language that is unintelligible. Come on. That's what it is. Praise God. That's true. Amen. The intercession is made with groanings which are ununterable, ununderstandable to your mind. This is wonderful. You can look it up yourself. I didn't write the, the Greek. Hallelujah. I just, uh, just went in and looked it up for me myself. Praise God. With groanings. Amen. Hallelujah. 
something that you can't understand, but God can understand. Praise God. Luke, or rather Jude 1 and 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How much do you need your most holy faith built up? Once every eight months? Once a year? You need it every day, honey, to have your faith built up. And how do you do it? You talk in tongues and you pray. I mean really pray through. Praise God. Pray through and talk in tongues. Amen. And it'll build up your most holy faith. Hallelujah. Now before you, you wonder, what about this do all speak with tongues? A lot of people say, well, you know, that's the gift of tongues. Now you listen to me. And I, I've explained this before I know, but I we're doing it again. There is a difference between the gift of tongues and the initial physical evidence of the Holy Ghost infilling. There is a difference. Just like I told you, there's a difference between somebody that speaks and a gifted speaker. There's a big difference. Everybody can talk if they're normal. But not everybody is a preacher or a gifted speaker. Come on. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. And why does the Bible say... In one place, that he that speaks in unknown tongues speaks to himself and to God, but the gift is for the church and to be used with the gift of interpretation. That is a vocal gift that's to be given out in the church and interpreted. But in another case, it says that tongues is you speak to yourself and you speak to God. There is a difference between the infilling of the Holy Ghost initial physical evidence and the gift of tongues. Praise God. Is that simple enough? And you understand that? You just look at that chapter 12, 13, and 14, and you will see it for yourself. It's right there. Hallelujah. And by the way, if nobody speaks in tongues today, then there's no healing. There's no deliverance. That's right. Because we're going to look at it, we're going to see. And in the same place, all those things that have to be removed too. But it's funny, all these people that don't believe in speaking in tongues, they'll call up the Pentecostal church and say, hey, uh, pray for us. Uh, Go around, don't pray for healing, man, if God isn't allowing people to speak in tongues anymore. In fact, they don't even believe in the gift of tongues. They're a hypocrite. According to their own doctrine, well, we're doing good. Man, I get mad when people don't agree with the Scripture. Come on, man. Why are you trying to throw it out? What has God given that's been anything better than the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Hallelujah. There are some that say, well, it was just for the apostles and just for preaching the gospel. Now, we got a problem here. Because if it was just for the apostles, there was 120 that got in the upper room. Huh? In fact, we read that Cornelius and the Ephesians received it too. Huh? Oh, that's good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why does the Bible say, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Has God stopped calling people out of sin? No way. He's still calling people. But this is good. Amen. What, what about this for the preaching of the gospel? God gave the apostles to speak in tongues to uh, preach the gospel. Well, there's a problem with that because the same guys that say it's for the preaching of the gospel say the apostles just received it. And there was only 12 apostles. And there was 14 countries there on the day of Pentecost. So two countries lost out. 
It's strange, isn't it? And by the way, God didn't have to use speaking in tongues to preach the gospel back then. Because the whole world spoke Greek. Even though they spoke their own native language, the whole world spoke Greek. Because it was ruled by the Romans. And the Romans spoke Greek. Why do you think it was so easy for the apostle to spread the gospel all over the world? And he said he had done it. He had reached all over the world. How did he do it? Because he knew how to speak in Greek. Oh, I like it. Hallelujah. I, uh, I feel sorry if some of these guys they say they don't want to look at the Greek. Huh? They go around and say, I don't like that Greek. I can barely read English. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, honey. I'm glad the apostles spoke Greek because they reached the whole world with it. Oh, I like it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Tongues would be unnecessary for preaching the gospel. Seeing the whole world spoke Greek. Isn't that a good one? Put that in their pipe and let them smoke that one for a while. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, here's the classic one. Let me give it to you quickly. Tongues is not for today. Well, that's a nice argument, but prove it. Huh? You know, and everybody says, you know, uh, if God is dead, who's this living in my soul? And I like that song, but, you know, what does the Bible say? Some of you have depended so much on those little cliches, on little Pentecostal cliches, you don't know how to preach the gospel anymore. Well, I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm from New York, please. Remember, all right. Praise God. Tongues is not for today. They say, 1 Corinthians 13 said, Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. <laughs> For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. Now, Brother Gibney, now you're a preacher, aren't you? Oh, yes, I'm a preacher. Well... Don't you believe the Bible's perfect? Don't you believe, Brother Gibney, that the Bible is the infallible Word of God? Yes, I do. I, I believe that the original is the perfect Word of God. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. I believe the Bible is the infallible, perfect Word of God. Well then, Brother Gibney, that which is perfect has come, you see, and and that which is in part has been done away with, you know. So we don't need to speak in tongues anymore. Because we have the Bible. Isn't that what they tell you? But what is that which is perfect? What does it really mean? Uh, it's not just Jesus. Number one. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 12. The Bible said, for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ the building up the perfection of the saints you see where I'm going just hold on we'll get there all together praise God till we all come into the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ I'm feeling it again brother praise God Mm, I wish you could feel what I feel running up and down my back. Oh, glory. 
And then the Bible says, let's take it and break it down and kiss it and keep it simple, stupid. Praise God. Colossians 3 and 14. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. What is charity? Love. Right. First John 2 and 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. First John 2 and 10, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. There is not occasion of stumbling in him. He never stumbles. Never, never. Are you following this now? Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is where we got the scripture about that which is perfect, right? What does 1 Corinthians 13 talk about? Say it. Love. That is the context of 1 Corinthians 13. And he, he talks about love, and then he talks about what? A child maturing into a state of adulthood. That, oh man, I love this. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I thought as a child. But now that I've become a man, I put away those childish things. Huh? He's talking about the church reaching a state of perfection. And you know where that is, Brother Elder? Right smack in the middle of the two most important chapters on the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The motivation of love. You know what perfects the church? The gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and the gifts that work within the body, the ministry gifts, helps, all those, and the gifts of the Holy Ghost is what perfects the body of Christ. In fact, the Bible says if you love your brother and you're doing it in the right motivation, that's what causes you to prophesy. That was, that's what causes you to talk in tongues as far as the gift of tongues is concerned. And uh, word of wisdom and word of knowledge because you love your brother and you want to see them receive a word from God. You want to edify and build up the church. You know why the gifts of the Spirit don't work in a lot of churches? Because we don't love one another. That's the truth. So 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. It speaks of a child maturing into a state of perfection, being loved. He said, I see through a glass darkly now. But then it's going to be clear. Now watch. Hallelujah. Total maturity is going to take place at a future time. Hallelujah. When? First John 3 and 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I understand that. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. First John 4 and 8 says what? That it says it this way. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. When we shall see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him 
as he is. Hallelujah. When is that which is perfect going to come? 1 Corinthians 1, 7 and 8 says it this way. So that you come behind in no gift until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall confirm you unto the end. What confirms the word? Signs and wonders will confirm the word. I'm telling you, we're going to need the gifts as long as we need to be perfected in love. As long as we need to receive a word from God. As long as we need to mature into a state of love. We have got to speak in tongues and speak in that relationship language to God and speak to our Father and reach out to Him with the unutterable gushings of our heart. Come on, you ought to be excited about this. The church is that which is perfect when it comes. We're not perfect now, honey, but when he appears, we're going to be everything we need to be. Brother, give me, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can live for God, honey. You just hold on to the rapture, and when you get there, he'll complete every imperfect thing about you. Yes, yeah, strive for perfection. That's right, do your best here. But when you, honey, you'll never finish it here. But honey, he'll finish the work. And then, then there won't be any need for talking in tongues, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, or interpretation. There won't be any need for that over there, honey. Because we'll be everything we need to be. Come on, stand on your feet and clap your hands tonight if you love the Lord. Come on, let's worship him. Glory to God. Oh, somebody needs to pray through and speak in tongues. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon them. Hatarama Mahandia. Come on, Sister Gibney, come up here and help me. Oh, Jesus. Now, I want you to listen to me. I told you this one other time. Let's throw it in here. The Bible said, Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Bible said you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. You'll never enter the kingdom of God. You'll never see the kingdom of God. A lot of people think that's talking about heaven. Honey, you won't make heaven, but you hear me. You won't see it down here either. Without being born of water and of spirit. Jesus said the wind bloweth where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof. You can't see it, but you can hear it. Huh? You hear me? And they say one scripture, what about Simon the sorcerer? Honey, he saw that the Holy Ghost was given. But there's only one way. He had to hear them speak in tongues because you can't see a spirit. Something had to take place. The wind blows where it listeth, but you hear the sound thereof. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You don't know where in the world they're coming from. You might, somebody might have said that to you one time. Where in the world did you come from? What planet you get off of? You might know where, not know where we came from. But honey, you know by what you hear. 
There's something different about y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's that talking in tongues, man. Talking in tongues. Hallelujah. And it's nothing like it. I've been in one church, boy, they get mad when I talk about, they say, you're telling us we have to speak in tongues. Give me a break. You guys are pitiful. Jump off a building, will you? Take a short, long walk off a short pier, I tell them. Give me a break. What's wrong with you? You claim to love the Bible and don't want to talk in tongues? I got up there one night and boy, I mean, we were in a battle. Fighting them reasonings, brother. And uh, I got up there and I started reading my text and started praying over the message. And something got a hold on me. And man, I started talking in tongues. And I know the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet, but I didn't want to stop. <laughs> I let it go. And I let it flow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, it got a hold of me. And I started talking in tongues. And then I started laughing. <laughs> and then I started crying. And then I started laughing again. And then I started crying again. The whole church sitting up there looking. <laughs> People act like they never seen the Holy Ghost get a hold of somebody in all their life. Are you listening to me? And I'm telling you tonight, praise God, the Holy Ghost will get a hold of somebody tonight that'll let him. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon you. I'm not going to force you to come to this altar. You're going to call me out? No way. We're not looking for wimps in the church. We're looking for people that mean business. You want to serve God? Listen, if you're going to fight with me and you're going to be guarding my back with that M16, honey, I want to make sure you mean business to go all the way. Well, we got some people in the church. I'd be afraid to get in spiritual battle. This first demon that comes along, they run out the door and here we are left alone. You know how that is, Pastor. Yeah. First time something goes wrong, somebody says something bad about the church. <laughs> Get down, pray through, man. Talk in tongues. Make the devil mad. Make Jesus glad. But before I listen, you're going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. But I, I want to give some instruction here before we're done. Well, I, I want you to keep in a spirit of prayer. But listen, let me give you this real quickly. I want to, uh, we're going to learn to pray for people. To get the Holy Ghost. Very quickly, very easily tonight. Number one, when people come up here to receive the Holy Ghost, you better start preparing yourself and you listen to me. And don't do, you know, better not go against this because I'll get you. But you listen to me. People come up here to get the Holy Ghost, you don't need to be beating on them while they're praying. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh Jesus, get a hold of them, give them a, a massage and a rub down and and you got one guy on one side of him. Hold on. Let go. Hold on. Let go. They don't know what to do. No, you're yelling and screaming and beating. Ain't going to give anybody the Holy Ghost. You can't give nobody the Holy Ghost. You can pray with them and worship with them, but you're not giving them the Holy Ghost. Come on. I could just help you along. I want to do like... They didn't when Samson's mom and dad did. And they got the sacrifice going and just 
Let that angel just go up in the fire. I want to go up in the fire with them. Praise God. While they get in the Holy Ghost. I want to help them along. Understand? Praise God. This is what you can do, though. You can look at them when they come up to this altar. I don't want them to get into a big emotional frenzy and they cry a little bit and they feel a little good because they emptied out their emotion a little bit. They go away thinking that they, they're right with God. I want you to look in the face and listen. And I lay my hands on you. I'm going to pray for you and God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. Oh, brother, give me. How can you say it? What if God doesn't do it? You unbelief. And whether he does it or not, it's not your problem. He's the one giving it. All you're supposed to do is pray for him. Come on. Just believe God. Hey, just because God doesn't fill one person doesn't mean I want to fill somebody else. I've been in an altar and seen 10 or 15 get the Holy Ghost, five others standing around wondering where the Holy Ghost is. I told you the qualifications. Some of them are not getting it because they just flat hadn't repented. Huh? That's right. What about repent? I'm not talking about repentance. Tonight. I'm talking about getting the Holy Ghost tonight. That's right. Praise God. Amen. That's my subject. But I do believe in repentance. Oh, my heart. And you won't get the Holy Ghost unless you repent. That means get sorry for what you've done. But I don't think that means just getting up here and snotting and slobbering for three hours. You can repent right where you are right now. Get your heart right. You shouldn't be sorry for the way you're living. Being under this Holy Ghost influence here. Get convicted in your heart. Say, God, I, I want to change. I want to be different. Right? And this is what you do before you pray for them. And while you're laying hands on them and, and believe in God, I want you to do this. I want you to quote scripture to them. That's what the Bible says. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon you. The Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, spake with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them the utterance, right? Quote scriptures like that with stammering lips another tongue when I speak. The Bible says what? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And before you lay your hands on them, you pray for them that way. And he said, when I lay my hands on you, I want you to speak in tongues. Anything wrong with that? I told you how to do it right, huh? You don't have to grab their head and shake them and all that. You don't just lay a hand on their shoulder. That's good. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's right. Use the laying on of hands as a point of contact. And don't use it commonly. All right? When you lay hands on them, that's a contact of faith. Praise God. Encourage them then to speak what God gives them. I tell them this. You can't talk in tongues and in English at the same time. You can't do it. And you get some people, and some of you have done it, have done it for years. And you get their hallu, 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 hallu. And one guy said, la, 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 la. That's not the Holy Ghost. Come on. And you just, you, you don't want to pray through and get the real thing. Huh? Oh, I believe it, honey. Praise God. Now, I don't know how much you'll get, how big it will be, but whatever God gives you, speak it out. And if it seems, some people they think it seems a small bit to them, just speak what God gives you, and he'll give you more. I want to tell you, when we begin to pray for you, uh, this is the way I ask people to do it. Are you with me here tonight? I'm trying to, this won't take a long time if you'll listen to me. And you can do it tonight even if you had the Holy Ghost before. You can pray through again this way tonight. That's right. You can raise your hands. This comes with worship. I tell people, I said, raise your hands and start saying, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Over and over again. But when I lay hands on you now, I want you to yield. And don't speak in English. I want to hear you yield to the Holy Ghost. Because I believe when I lay hands on you, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. That's right. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you'll watch more than not. 
people will get the Holy Ghost if there's a spirit of liberty in the church to do it and a spirit of faith. Now, it doesn't come from you standing back there being a spectator waiting for them to come. Watch people in the church tell hey, they're speaking in tongues. They want to run up and look. And well, if you don't see it for yourself, bless God, I'm not going to believe Well, you know, it's up to you. It's your full unbelief. The Bible said they've seen them get the Holy Ghost. How, did you, how do we know they got the Holy Ghost? We heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, I want them to hear themselves. So I don't want everybody screaming around them so they can't hear themselves speak in tongues. I want them to hear themselves speak in tongues. Praise God. I want them to say, I spoke in tongues tonight. Huh? I want them to hear it. I want them to know it. I want them to put it. And, you, and I'm going to tell you this before we pray. One of the first tricks the devil's going to do is say, oh, that was you. You know what I tell him? Thank you. God gave it to me, and I'm using it. not just all God now. He's not just moving my mouth. Praise God. I had to yield to it. Hallelujah. It's God's gift to me. It's God and it's me. I had to, They spake as the Spirit gave the utterance. They had to speak though and the Spirit gave it. So what does that mean? God's going to put those words in your, in your mind. He's not going to bypass your gray matter. He's going to put it in your mind. He's going to give it to you and you've got to speak it out. It's up to you. I can't give it to you, but he can give it to you. I believe I can pray for you and see you get it if you'll believe with me tonight. Oh, man, we need to lift our hands right now and begin to pray. Somebody needs the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm done preaching. I'm ready to pray. While the saints are praying... I want every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment right now as you continue to pray. I'm going to ask somebody to raise your hand. If you, I want everybody to just put your hands down for a second. Everybody, and just bow your heads. Now, I'm going to ask you tonight. Would you like to receive the Holy Ghost? You're here tonight. And then first, I'm talking to people that have never received it before. And I, I'll pray for kids, but you hear me, kids, if you don't mean business, don't come up here. If you mean business, I don't care how little you are, if you mean to come and receive the Holy Ghost, I'll pray for you. But if you come up here to fool around with your friends, I'm going to rebuke you. That's right. This is not a place to play. But I believe I'll pray for anybody to get the Holy Ghost. That's right. It doesn't matter your age. I've seen a 92-year-old lady receive it, and I've seen a four-year-old child receive it. That's quite a span of age, isn't it? But God did it. God did it. You're here tonight, and you want the Holy Ghost for the first time, maybe. I want you to lift up your hand right now. Lift up one hand, and you say, I want the Holy Ghost tonight. I want it. You're raising up one hand right now to the Lord. I've never received the Holy Ghost before, but I want it tonight. Praise God. Parents, you know if those kids are serious. And you, you let them come up here if you think they are. If they're not, don't let them come up. You could pray with them at home. But if they mean business, I'll be glad to pray for them. Anybody else? You want to receive it? You want to receive it tonight? Let me ask you this while I'm thinking about it. 
And the Bible says it too. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? So I've already been baptized another way. But have you been baptized in the name of the one that died for you? So what about the other way? The Bible said in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It didn't just say Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It said in the name. And the apostles didn't do it any other way. You say, well, that doesn't mean they did it. We can't go from that argument from silence. The Bible says they did it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can have every one of your sins washed away tonight. In Jesus' name. If you believe that Jesus is God, why don't you do it? If you're here tonight and you need that, you have an opportunity to come. If there's somebody here and they're a friend of yours or a visitor, you need to ask them about it. You say, are you right with God? Have you done everything God has asked you to do? I'm not saying you're not a Cornelius. I'm not saying you're not an Apollos. Those were good men. But they needed some things perfected in their life. They needed to know full salvation. They needed to know total obedience. I ask you tonight, can you go to heaven and not obey God? You're here tonight and you want to do right. You want to repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Would you raise up a hand with every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. You want to repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name or receive the Holy Ghost. Okay? Praise God. You have your opportunity. You'll never say that you never heard it because you heard it tonight. Praise God. You have your opportunity. I hope somebody will reach out to these people that are here tonight that need, may need, I don't know where they are, but I'd hate for somebody to leave here without somebody asking them would they like to go to the altar and pray. Praise God. Amen. I'm leaving that up to you, church, if you love the souls and love God and love the people that God gives us. Glory to God.